Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Great to be back with you. Uh, great to be back with you, too. Had a great vacation, traveled the world. Uh, let's do it. Well, it's been a busy summer for you. We've got a lot to talk about. First, uh, a recent report from Wired that Mercedes will launch self-driving taxis in California this year. According to the report, Daimler plans to use a fleet of S-class luxury sedans and B-class hatchbacks. Passengers will use an app to request a ride. That sounds familiar, which will initially at least be free. And there will be backup drivers present. So, Alan, what is Daimler trying to do here? Well, uh, you know, again, it's uh, it's part of the confusion, at least with the with the lexicon here. If it was really self driving, then I'd be a, I'd be a champion of it. Uh, but it's really uh, their attempt to get into the driverless world, the autonomous taxi world, and to do it uh, uh, as the others have done it, the the Ubers and the Lyfts and so on have done it with. Uh, uh, safety drivers or attendants in the car to go out and test this on public streets and uh, with the intention of uh, developing a system that uh, provides uh, autonomous taxis, driverless mobility uh, to uh, to everyone. The problem is this is Mercedes, and I don't think that the Mercedes DNA or Daimler DNA is interested in providing mobility data to everyone. Uh, they're interested in providing mobility to the one percenters uh, of this world. Uh, and in fact, the way they're going out with this with uh, S-Class Mercedes and, you know, the thought of their F whatever it is, the uh, luxurious who knows what uh, for the only one percent uh, folks that, uh, that already have too much. Um, uh, vision of this thing, and I just don't think that's the proper vision, and I wish they would just stay out of this. Uh, let them stay in safe driving cars, which they do a great job, and sure, uh, let them, let all those that are uh, um, uh, that, that ha already have everything, uh, let them take their hands off the wheels or, or feet off the brakes uh, some of the time in the cars that they own. And uh, and are entitled to, uh, but leave the driverless piece uh, to others who are really trying to provide mobility to all. I, I the only way that I believe that uh, the autonomous taxi business is going to is going to survive or even uh, get off the ground is, is if it's offered to uh, to the general public uh, and. Offered in, in a ride-sharing way. Otherwise, um, the congestion that's going to be caused by by that is just going to cause um, the public to uh, to react against it. And um, and so uh, I I just can't see um, a Daimler approaching um, uh, the provision of that mobility uh, to the general public, let alone the mobility disadvantage. 
you know, I guess disadvantage is, is not anywhere in, in Daimler's um, um, DNA. So uh, I just wish they'd stay out. They, they, they've done a great job with, with uh, improved safety and, and in, the, in the, their Distronic Plus systems and so on, and, and let them stay in a safe car. Uh, safe driving car, Rom, and you know um, they've done an okay job with respect to letting one take uh, take one's hands off the wheel um, in in their models and let them stay there with respect to the uh, uh, personally owned uh, automobiles. Um, but in terms of the driverless world. Um, um, I just, I just thought they're the wrong company for it. In other words, you're not anxious to see uh, driverless limos more or less <laughs> without the need for a chauffeur. You you want this to be a new form of transportation Absolutely. for all. The people that, that, that their market can afford the chauffeur and the attendant and, you know, put them in there. They already have it. And to provide more mobility to the people that already have uh, more mobility than than they than, uh, they can consume, uh, just to provide them another toy is just uh, is just not where this should be. It sends absolutely the wrong message, and and it just says, oh my goodness, now we're going to share the road, the the public infrastructure with now another. Uh, thing for those that already have too much, and uh, and so I just think it's it just sends it sends absolutely the wrong message, and um, and at least that's my perspective of it. Uh, I may be the only guy in the world that thinks that way, uh, but uh, if one looks at, the, at really the um, the evolution of automated vehicles, even in the European context. It, it seems to again be for for the uh, for the one percenters for for the those that already have everything. It's an it's another another toy and a, another uh, comfort and convenience uh, rather than mobility uh, uh, trying to provide mobility for those that are really mobility disadvantaged. Um, uh, not even having a concept that really autonomous taxis. Is public transportation a ride-hailed autonomous taxi uh, because it's available to, to the public at large? Is public transportation? It affords a a, a transit uh, entity like New Jersey Transit to provide mobility uh, and high-quality mobility uh, to folks that that right now, with the technology that they have in the garages, um, can't. That they can't possibly do it. Uh, so this is an opportunity uh, to really improve the quality of life uh, of those uh, that are uh, mobility disadvantaged, and, and that's the benefit. And if these vehicles, which in 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 their in their fundamental basis, are saying uh, oh, we want to share the, the the road infrastructure that has been built for everyone. And please let us just share this. Uh, then uh, that should be shared. Uh, that that opportunity should be afforded to those uh, that provide mobility to everyone, uh, not the few. And so um, uh, that's why uh, you know this this wouldn't rub me the wrong way.
Interesting approach, Alan, and this is related. In the latest uh, Smart Driving Cars newsletter, newsletter, you highlight a report from the from the New York Times that talks about how a new Ford Go Bike docking station owned by Lyft uh, near the Boys and Girls Club in West Oakland, California, apparently prompted walls on the club to be covered with graffiti, and they hadn't been that way before. Uh, your thought seems to be that this bike service is not really designed for the people in that neighborhood in West Oakland, and and the graffiti is a statement about that. Right, I think I think that bike service is for is part of the gentrification of that particular area, and uh, and 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 therefore the people that uh, that that are still there that have yet to be you know gentrified and moved out um had had a i i think had had the negative reaction of this of this again uh, a mobility for those that already have a, a tremendous amount of mobility another toy out there for them uh, for the for the gentrified entities that that were coming in there and certainly not for the people that 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 happened to uh, have lived there for years and so, uh, and and one can see that this is almost like a, you know a Mercedes F one hundred and five showing up, and it's it's counter to to the cult, the fundamental culture, and 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 trying to improve the quality of life of the people that live there, rather than move them out and who knows where, send them where. Uh, certainly not where they're going to have more mobility uh, uh, out of this now area that is that is not changing. So again, I think that this is um, uh, one should look at this and 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 I where it plays in with with the automation technology is is that the driverless uh, mobility, the autonomous taxi mobility, the real value of this. Is to provide mobility to those people who, who, who right now uh, uh, are are lacking in the, having access to a car, and don't live on on transit lines that take them to where they want to go. The real beauty of of, of Lyft, Uber, and Didi is is that the ride hailing has provided an opportunity for people to have have high quality mobility who before didn't and and in fact if it can be provided in a shared ride mode then then it becomes really affordable and if it can be provided in a shared ride uh, way with uh, without having to pay for a driver it will be even more affordable and therefore all of a sudden uh, these people now have mobility opportunities that are equivalent to uh, those of us that own cars and and this allows them to get to hospitals uh, and meet appointments when they have them and to uh, be able to uh, go to jobs that are that are not located on the bus line that they happen to live on i think it's bad enough to take a bus it's, it's really bad when you then have to transfer from one bus line to another and in fact uh, you know so this is the real uh, life-changing uh, uh, mobility uh, that really improves the quality of life of that segment of, of, of the population. 
And in fact, uh, if now the public streets that we had, that we built can now provide them uh, with that mobility simply by putting uh, driverless taxis on them, then in fact, uh, the first dibs on the sharing of that infrastructure should be focused on providing them that mobility and not those that already own who knows how many cars and have chauffeurs and blah, blah, blahs. Well, you talked about the, this and at, at the AV conference last week in San Francisco as well. This was the, the theme of what you had to say, right? Well, it, it, I sort of put it out there in, in the Shark Tank uh, um, session that, in fact, uh, one really should should look at, at what one is trying to, to do. And I think that at the beginning, when one has relatively few of these and one should really cherish how one deploys them, one has the opportunity here, if deployed in the right way, uh, to really improve the quality of life of of uh, of, uh, of at least a few people uh, who's who really uh, uh, would be a substantial improvement in their quality of life, as opposed to making it available to those who already have so much, and 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 and, and this is just another toy for which who knows, you know, it provides only. A marginal improvement, if, if improvement at all, to their quality of life. So I think we should be very, very judicious in the beginning to offer this. Uh, it, it is, it is a scarce resource that you should use very carefully, and use where one would get the biggest bang out of the buck. And the and and the measure here is improvement in the quality of life. If one approaches this optimization problem of best use of an of a limited asset, uh, one sees that in fact it should be focused on the mobility disadvantage, and and uh, when there is excess capacity associated with the service to them, then make it available to those for which it's uh, you know some sort of just marginal improvement or 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 just another toy. At that uh, conference in in San Francisco, the AV conference, uh, the Uber crash in Arizona, of course, was still on everyone's mind. And Transportation Secretary Elaine Chow challenged the industry to step up and help educate the public, which may be taking a a dimmer view of the the whole idea of automated vehicles. Well, I think, uh, yes, and uh, I don't know, I guess it, it, we, we do need to educate the public, and, and I think uh, the, the media needs to uh, really take a look at really what one is trying to do. Safety is absolutely fundamentally a necessity requirement, uh, must be safe. But my goodness, to test safety, one doesn't have to take one's hands off the wheel, feet off the brakes, or even, you know, Take a person out of a vehicle. In fact, uh, we've been discussing on on the podcast, you know, for, since day one that in fact safe driving cars are really where you should be testing safety. And in fact, uh, the, every car that's in the showroom today that's to be that's made to be purchased should have automated uh, 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 equipment on board. Uh, such that it keeps the driver from getting him or herself into a 
into a position uh, where a crash is is inevitable. And, and so, therefore, it should be overseeing uh, what is going on and keep you from getting between that rock and that hard place. And, and unfortunately, the industry or and the researchers and the government and everybody else is just not as heavily focused on that as it should be. And uh, as has been shown by the, by the Tesla crashes and the Uber crash, you know, those things were the safe driving technologies that didn't work. The automated emergency brake system. You know, the, the part of that the conference in, in, San, in San Francisco uh, should have been focused on how to make the automated emergency braking systems actually work throughout the driving domain from low speed to high speed. You know, not speeds to 150 miles an hour, but just speeds to... 85 miles an hour. Do we really need to go faster than 85 miles an hour? Heck no. No, should Tesla be uh, advertising that, that, that the Model 3, uh, you know, will do 150 miles an hour? Where are you going to do 150 miles an hour? Certainly not in Jersey. And, and, and that, that's like ridiculous. Uh, so, in fact, uh, really get back to reality with respect to this this instrument of mobility that we have, and make sure that in fact the technology that 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 is on these vehicles uh, does not allow them to crash, if at all possible. Not a meteorite can come out of the sky and boom, or a boulder can come out of the mountain and off the mountainside, and you don't have a chance. Fine. Uh, but those things are rare events, very rare events. The rest of them, the technology to do that should be there even before we take our hands off the wheel and feet off the, uh, off the brakes. Okay, then once we have that working and working essentially perfectly, then we can go to the other things. And too many of the folks that, that, that are out there developing these systems have somehow jumped over and said, oh, uh, forget about the safety piece. Uh, we want to take a driver out of there. Well, if the thing is it can't stop by itself in all the situations, you know, uh, forget about it. And, and here we had uh, Uber operating supposedly, a, you know, a a driverless prototype with a safety driver in there in, 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 a, in a domain in which basically the code was saying uh, disregard any suggestions that, that the automated emergency braking system should put on the brakes. Now, <laughs> that's just wrong. I mean, it's just fundamentally wrong. The interesting thing now, uh, Uber's getting rid of these people who'd been working as attendants, about 100 of them in all, in their self-driving test, uh, like the one in Arizona there. Uh, yeah, CNN says they were given notice last week on Wednesday. They're going to be replaced by operators with more specialized roles, they say, to improve safety. Well, I think that, the, the, you know, what the board, dis what the decision in the boardroom must have been, look, the people that we that we currently have working for us, we haven't trained them properly. And so we're better off, uh, you know, just starting again with people that uh, that 
we know that we cannot train properly. Now, some of these people we might be able to retrain, and I think that the, what the articles also suggest is that uh, the folks that have been laid off will uh, are are are, are uh, permitted to apply for the new job. But what they've done is, I guess they've looked at, at, at I guess how poorly uh, they prepared these people and and what their um, uh, let's say uh, employment credentials uh, were to be uh, that they uh, that they felt that they're better off starting from scratch. Uh, rather than than retraining the people that may not even ha have the right basis uh, for the job that they're supposed to do, I, I you know, has to assume that that that's what happened there. And so, um, yeah. Now, uh, the problem, though, is 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 that there the that's not the that's not the real problem at Uber. The real problem was that the design of the system had it so that the automated emergency braking system was disregarded when the vehicle went above a certain speed, like 30 miles an hour. Uh, now, you know, it doesn't matter. Their objective is to create a driverless vehicle uh, if they tend to only operate that driverless vehicle under 30 miles an hour, then that design is great. But but they were out there operating, testing it in, in on a road in which this, the vehicle was traveling at 40 miles an hour. Now, that, that's, that's going outside your domain. That's as if you had designed a driverless vehicle to be able to handle speeds up to 70 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden you decide to, you know, use your, your Tesla Model 3 and go 150. Well, my goodness, uh, stuff's not going to work. So while all the focus has, or a lot of the focus has been on the uh, attendant who was allegedly watching a, a television program, the problem obviously runs a whole lot deeper than that it runs much deeper than that i mean that's throwing that poor person under the bus sure they shouldn't have been doing that but if the system was was operating in the domain that that it was designed then the person could have been watching it and the automated emergency braking system and the system which saw elaine hersberg six seconds before it hit her and saw her for that whole six seconds, never touching the brakes. Come on, you know that's a that's a that's a des fundamental design fault. Well, they're planning to resume testing again fairly soon this this summer. So let's hope they have addressed those issues. Let's hope that they, they only operate in the domain in which their safety system works. Because, it, because if, they're, if, they, if they turn off some of their, their safety systems in the domains they're operating, please don't, don't operate there. Don't bother. Because, you know, the, a crash is going to occur.
Bloomberg is running a story quoting Heidi King, a deputy administrator at NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, saying that it's premature to regulate self-driving vehicles being tested by Waymo, GM, and all the rest. She's saying, for now, uh, a hands-off approach is best. you have thoughts about that? I think it's great. I mean, one doesn't know what to regulate. We have such little experience. We don't know what to say. Hey, this is good. This is not good. We have some hypotheticals. We have we have some anxieties. We have some, oh, you know, we shudder a little bit. But that's no way to do regulation. Regulation is, is meant to say, hey, th- this is the right way to do things. And this is the wrong way to do things. We don't know the right and the wrong. There are some people out there, oh, well, and so on. But, but so we have to, we have to become, we, we have to know what we don't know more before we can regulate. Can you, can you imagine, uh, regulating, uh, the automobile, uh, prior to Henry Ford? I mean, we're still prior to Henry Ford in this evolution. And, and the word out is that you've got to be safe. You've got to be careful. This is not a bunch of loose cannons on some deck. This is not, not a, the, the people that are involved in this business, at least, uh, are really serious, uh, big entities. And if there's anything that can be learned from the Waymo, uh, from the, from the Uber crash is that, um, if they would have been a traded stock such that we could actually see what the, the change in valuation, uh, was made, uh, at when before and after their crash, they lost, they would have lost at least 10% if not substantially more of their, uh, of their valuation. And that is an enormous amount uh, that is at risk if one doesn't uh, do all of this, if, if one doesn't take the safety aspect of this absolutely, totally seriously. And, and the entities that are in this uh, are really uh, taking it uh, absolutely seriously. Uh, Waymo is, uh, GM is, uh, and uh, even Mercedes is. Sam Schwartz, one of the leading transportation experts who spent a lot of years uh, helping to guide New York City, has a new book on the way, uh, of, and you talk about it a bit in, in the latest newsletter. It's available for pre-order on Amazon. It's called No One at the Wheel, Driverless Cars yes, and the Road and of the Future. Uh, this is one you're looking it's forward to. It's an easy read for, for uh, everyone, and it comes from a person who really has, has spent a very long career focused on trying to deliver mobility to people. And I think he has a, a really good fundamental perspective uh, on, on uh, the provision of mobility. And um, and he he presents it in a way that's a, that's a very easy read. Uh, there isn't any there's there are no equations that zero. There are no tables. There are no graphs. 
but uh, but in his description and in his historic perspective and in his uh, really fundamental uh, look um, at mobility and and what one is trying to do fundamentally uh, to improve uh, uh, the quality of life of, of individuals, I think is is very a very very good perspective. And finally, uh, another recent New York Times piece caught your eye. When phone service was restored recently between Ethiopia and Eritrea after a long-awaited declaration of peace, people began calling complete strangers just to say hello. And you relate this to the fears or reluctance some people may have about uh, sharing rides yes, with autonomous I mean, vehicles and elsewhere. You no, know, I think that people are apprehensive about about doing certain things, but all of a sudden they, you know, they say. My goodness, uh, forget about it. This is, you know, hi, welcome. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the thought that, that, oh my goodness, I've got to be in a vehicle by myself. I mean, um, is, is, and, and I can't possibly go someplace with, with somebody else. If you're, if you're sharing a ride, you're sharing a ride with somebody that's basically coming from where you are going to where you're going or in that direction at about the same time, that means there is there is enormous amount of commonality associated with with you and this other person because you're you're doing this you're you're the the the, coral, the geographic correlation this is this is really a complete stranger you you have you have that in common with them so so that should at least make you comfortable that that this person is somewhat like you and 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 should uh, you know remove some of these apprehensions oh my goodness uh, i couldn't possibly travel with that and then if you think about it if you've gone gotten in an airplane you sat next squeeze tight between you know a, a bunch of people and and people fly and 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 they get along and 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 so the the thought and and of course I always like to talk about the the elevator analogy. Uh, you show up in an elevator bank, elevator door opens, a couple other people get in with you. You might you know you might say, well, I, I don't know. It depends what kind of mood you're in. But but you know you, you just go ahead and ride with them. Yes, I understand it's a short ride, and the the, the, and the alternative isn't very attractive, which is to climb the stairs. But um, but in fact, uh, you know, I I think all the apprehension of my goodness, I've got to I've got to be by myself. I, I think has been has been uh, put upon us uh, by Madison Avenue in its sale of the automobile, because one of the things that the that the, the attributes that they played on the madmen of this world played on was the fact that uh, you could be there by yourself just somehow, you know, uh, enjoying yourself, which uh, is a reason to buy your own car. Um, but uh, I think that that is a, a, a learned uh, sort of um, um, attribute as opposed to a fundamental uh, human behavioral attribute. And, or at least I hope so.
So that, in fact, uh, sharing a ride, uh, depending on how it's done, I think it can be done in a way in which people will be happy to do it and get to meet new people and actually enjoy uh, another person's company. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, since um, uh, all of this is going to be done algorithmically uh, and and the hailing of and the uh, obtaining of these uh, of these rides is is through an app as opposed to anybody off the street just hailing it uh, means that uh, prior to doing the match uh, the algorithm probably knows more about each of the individuals that it's going to pair up on the, on the for the rides than the individuals know about themselves. So uh, in that pairing process, uh, one should be able to uh, uh, to devise means by which uh, 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 compatible people are put together in rides. Uh, uh, at least um, a, a very large percentage of the time, and so um, and and information can be provided. Uh, and shared between individuals uh, so that uh, any of the anxieties or uh, apprehensions associated with potentially sharing a ride with somebody else are basically dissolved uh, right from the beginning. Uh, plus, uh, the sharing of these rides um, in these vehicles, uh, um, whether we like it or not, uh, the, both the interior and exterior of these vehicles are going to be continuously monitored, and um, and uh, and people will just uh, behave uh, uh, because uh, not that they're being watched, uh, but uh, they're being watched, and um, and as long as everybody behaves, then the data is thrown away. But uh, but if there's some mis uh, misbehavior that's that's start that's starting, then in fact. Um, uh, there will be a, uh, one will have uh, opportunities to basically nip it in the in the bud, uh, and um, and so therefore it, it, it keep it from escalating. Uh, so there there's there are a lot of safeguards that can be put on top of this, so that in fact uh, uh, sharing a ride will be um, a, a, a something that people will end up wanting to do. Uh, simply because the, uh, the experiences will be so uh, um, so positive rather than negative. Well, before we wrap up, Alan, we should note that uh, we're now in our second year of this podcast, and the idea from the start has been to navigate around a lot of the hype and a lot of the sometimes misleading headlines to give you information on what's significant, really open up the debate on some of the key issues uh, surrounding these emerging new forms of transportation. Well, I, really think I didn't realize it's been a that. year. It's been a great year, Fred, uh, uh, to do it and, and doing it. And, and um, um, hope we will continue to do it. Uh, we are still at the very, very beginning. As I mentioned earlier, you know, we're pre-Henry Ford. Uh, the, the Henry Ford of this business ha has not yet emerged. Uh, Waymo might be getting close, but uh, but uh, we're not we're we're not there yet. So we're basically in the evolution, uh, you know, from the Daimler patent 
1886, uh, we're probably, we might be at 1900, okay? Uh, and and uh, that, that par paralleling uh, the uh, evolution revolution of the automobile. Uh, and um, uh, and there's, a, there's a lot of work yet to be done, uh, but there are just enormous opportunities. And, uh, and um, we're here to try to help everybody um, make it happen. Well, much more to come, but that's it for this edition. You can find us at SmartDrivingCar.com, on iTunes, Google Play, and more, even on your Amazon Alexa. Look for my tech reports at Textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Thank Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening.